Hello, welcome back to Everyday Being. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Um, I'm here, Gareth Evans is here, my dear, dear friend Steve Knight is here too. How are you, my friend Steve? I'm very good, yeah, very good, thanks Gareth. How about you? How's life yeah. with you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. Have I told you I'm back marathon training? Oh, you so, didn't uh, mention it, go on then, what are you, how, what does that actually involve then in practice? Uh, oh, uh, dark, dark early mornings, <laughs> quite frankly, uh, and a lot of self doubt. <laughs> so, right. uh, uh, yeah, uh, first, uh, your first international marathon in the beginning of December. So, heading on out to Valencia, uh, trying to be faster right. than I was back in back in April. So, rather excited, trying to sort of push myself uh, far. I've got no idea whether I can do it, but I'm going to work hard and we'll see what happens. What's your What's the sort of mileage then at this? at this point in time oh uh so we're trying to keep a fairly static average of about 45 miles a week uh with the with the yeah i mean you know across the pro you know clearly the pros will be doing well over hundreds uh so we're a long way away from that uh yeah up up to about well just shy of 20 miles on a fairly regular basis uh is uh, where we are at the minute so Eight week, eight weeks to go, so plenty of time left to go. Right, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Thank you. How's your back? Uh, yeah, no, much, much better. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's much more manageable now. So, um, yeah, hopefully it will continue to track in that direction. That's what. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, we hope so too. Mm. So it was World Mental Health Day uh, this week. And we thought it would be fitting if we had a conversation today about what we think the connection between mental health and everyday being is. Um, in some of our very, very early episodes, we talked about mental health and, and well-being, but it's been a while that we, we we talked about that. So we just thought we would return to that, that topic. We've got a few sort of articles or thoughts or th stimulus that we can share and then as ever we will bring that back to everyday being we'll think about okay well based on that what do we actually think some of the ways that we can all improve our our mental health um and, and how do we talk about that and it from every everyday normal things that we can really relate to so we're going to talk about that that topic today some stuff we may have covered in the past uh, but we always think repetition is is good and useful because it just helps us deepen our understanding and if we think about you know what why is this podcast exist why what are we trying to to achieve well really good innate happiness and mental health are at the heart of everyday being really we are trying to talk about everyday being as our guide to the happiness within um and how is it that by having a greater understanding of being we can all live happier lives so it is at world mental health day actually just feels really fitting for us to have that as a bit of a bit of a topic today and, and talk about Steve, do you want to kick us kick us off with some some thoughts or some stimulus? Yeah, and I guess <clears throat> um, it's uh, I always slightly wary of this topic in a way because I think oh, okay. well only in the sense that um, I think the it's such a mixed field in terms of when you think about mental health and you know, all the different schools of psychotherapy. You know, when I think when I trained, there were, I think it was 500. And I think I saw recently wow. there's now 700. Right. So, I, so I guess I was just thinking it's you sort of caveat the fact that we're not talking about a unified field at, at all. Um, and so, um, it, it, you know, people do have different views, different perspectives, and that's fine. So I think, I guess I was just thinking it's probably yes. like the, what, exactly what you said in a way, Gareth, that we're coming in it from a certain perspective based on our own understanding and the things that we've experienced and the things that we've studied. Um, so I just wanted to say, you know, just with that caveat, really, we're not looking to upset anyone or offend anyone with a particular view. We're just trying to say that what our perspective is and this um, and sort of why we believe you know why we believe that um yeah i agree 
So, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, that what we're really saying is from the perspective we're looking at it, that, well, if mental health is something that we sort of have innately, that, you know, there's no evidence that we're sort of born with a mental health condition. It's definitely something that seems to um, result from our experience of life um, that 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 it's really about well how how do we when we're struggling how do we come back to that health that that sort of sits within so in a sense mm. it's a it's often a more it's a reductive understanding in a way it's more that when we're struggling we're having difficulties it's things that we're inadvertently doing often or the way that we're relating to our experience that perhaps is getting in the way of us being able to sort of bounce back from life and you know as we've talked about before really important to recognize that you know life is challenging life is difficult and you know as Sydney Banks said life is a contact sport so of course things are going to happen that might knock us off course and I think what we've been describing through the podcast is things that can help us to be more resilient so that we don't inadvertently get caught up in things that cause us to struggle with our mental health at times, maybe feeling stressed and overwhelmed. But actually when that happens, which invariably it will, because we might experience something that's we're finding really difficult to deal with. It's also, how can you use this understanding to navigate yourself through that, look after yourself through that and through that process you often set the conditions for you for you to sort of bounce back to health as well whether that's things that you do whether it's through support that you need whether it's through sometimes a medical intervention that might help you as well but obviously the whole point is how are you how are you getting back to health and I think we've talked about um you know that the, the mind and the body want to go back to health you know the um wants to go back to sort of balance um and i suppose you know as we were thinking about this one of the articles i was thinking back to which was a a few years ago it was um in the american journal of psychiatry and it was called all for one and one for all mental disorders in one dimension and it was two very well-known researchers um uh, caspi and moffitt who were just looking at the, the mental health field and just sort of reviewing what the approach was and 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 trying to look at what what was it suggesting about the way that we were thinking about mental health, but also what was it suggesting about perhaps the way we need to look at it in the future. Um, and it's a, quite a detailed article, and I thought they did some really nice ways of sort of describing different mental health conditions they broke them into sort of internalizing conditions externalizing conditions and what they called sort of psychotic experiences um and one of the things just to make it easier to understand and they were saying that one of the consequences over the years where we've tried to sort of slice and dice different mental health conditions you know in a to try and get to the heart of what the conditions are and what we can do to support people but one of the consequences of that is that I think there's over 260 different diagnosable mental health conditions and a lot of psychiatrists sorry say again how many 200 260 odd and a lot of psychiatrists saying there are just so many now that it's actually becoming unhelpful because the the there's such an overlap that comorbidity, which means if you're diagnosed with certain conditions, the chances of you then having a second condition, a third condition are are really high because there's just so much overlap. So this article was saying, well, maybe we've been going in the wrong direction. And then what they were proposing was that actually when you look underneath all of those different conditions, there seems to be a factor that is common to them and they called it factor p and they didn't fully define what that was but they said there is definitely seems to be sort of um something that seems to underlie all of those um all of those different conditions and one of the ones they were most interested in was this 
the disordered form and content of thought. So they were really starting to say one of the areas that they thought was open for more exploration was that that thought seemed to play be a factor in all of those different conditions. So whether it was anxiety or depression or a, an addiction, that maybe something to do with the way the person is using their thinking was sort of at play there. But they weren't specific on that. They were just suggesting that as a possible area of future exploration. And I suppose for us in what we've covered in everyday being, we would say that's where we're coming from. That there's definitely something about um, thought and the impact that has on our state of mind that then always seems to be at play when we're struggling with our mental health. And that's certainly been my personal experience and my experience of working with other people. But how about you? I mean, that's, so I think we can talk a bit more about that, but what did, was there anything that you were particularly thinking about in relation to this subject? Yeah, I, I guess one of the things that I was looking at in, in preparation and I guess inspired by um, World Mental Health Day and what, what that what that means, I was sort of looking at what, what are some of the main causes of mental health problems and could could we see is there a link from an everyday being perspective? So I went on to things, uh, websites like, you know, Great Charity Mind, uh, obviously, uh, not obviously, but also looked at the Centers for Disease uh, Control and Pre Prevention. So the CDC who clearly got a lot sort of uh, prominence during during COVID um, to see, you know, what what are some of the common common things and what what you know what is is causing, um, you know, and, and I just you know, when you just look at some of the the the, the that's it yeah you know, we just have got a global pandemic um around mental health so you know some of the stats that they the cdc have got is that more than one in five adults live with a mental illness one in five pe young people aged between 13 or 18 are either currently or at some point during their life have had a seriously debilitating uh, mental illness uh, one in 25 American adults live with serious mental health. So, you know, you, you just look at that and say that, you know, that this is absolutely a topic that, you know, is important because it's such a problem. Um, mind li uh, lists sort of some of the common common factors. That, that it's not an exhaustive list, but you, some of the things that stood out for me are that there is an awful lot that is around, I, I, I know my phrase would be, you know, significant trauma so you know either as an adult or as a child or abuse or or different things but you know that there is a, a, a probably a sort of a field that's all about trauma um those things like sort of physical conditions as well causing causing uh poor mental health um i was i was equally um i was well i was, I was surprised to see things like loneliness um social disadvantage poverty or, and debt as as causes for, from those so i guess i would sort of you know you look at a lot of those things if not all, all those things and, and i, and I kind of guess i conclude two things is you know one we absolutely have got a societal problem with you know poor mental health might be well stating the obvious but um i think it it, it absolutely is worth making that point and and secondly, that these are awful things that can cause such poor mental health. Um, but I I did wonder whether you know there is an awful lot that is around uh, external things, um, and how they are causing uh, us and our thinking uh, to such a, a poor a poor state. So you know similarly to, to you sort of came back to okay what is the role of our thinking what's the role of our mindset what is the power of thought as a as a way as a tool as an understanding that helps us guide back to the happiness and the innate health that you and i and others believe that is absolutely there so therefore it can be that guide for us yeah. And I think that's the key, really, is that 
you know, in a way, it's what can that su- what can this understanding suggest about how you get back to health? Yeah, and um, and that's where you know, for me, this offers real hope and possibility for people because that's often yes. when you're struggling. You know, I see that a lot in my in my day to day work with people where they just feel it's just them. There's something wrong with them. You know, they 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 think there's sort of something fundamentally at fault. And when you start to help them understand, you know, perhaps what's been what's what's been contributing to that, and maybe innocently what they've been doing that perhaps has not been helping them and perhaps is continuing to cause them difficulties and how you find your way through that. My experience is it's incredibly hopeful and helpful. And, you know, when, and I can honestly say this, you know, when I've worked with people that are really in a bad way, really, really struggling, and you talk about more of the inside out understanding of, um, of our experience and what that means for our mental health, and I've had that conversation with hundreds of people. I can honestly say I've never had anyone that says, no, that's not true. Because often when someone really hits rock bottom and they're really struggling, they sort of see that there's other people around them that are doing the same work, often with a sort of similar people that they're doing it with under similar pressures and that aren't struggling, that seem to be finding their way through it. So in a way, then they can think, oh, my God, there must be something fundamentally wrong with me because other people aren't struggling. But in, and I'll help them through that to say, look, no, that's not true. Are there some things that you might be doing that are innocently not helping you or you're getting caught up in things or, or approaching things in a way that, might, yes, probably. But that's we all do that. That's that's innocently what we do. So let's let's explore that. But the fact that other people aren't having the same experience shows you that there is a separation between circumstances and our inner experience. So that um, that possibility is within you as well. And that's that. Like I said, I think that's often really hopeful because what people want really. Is is there a way? Is there a way through this? Is there a way that I can, um, you know, live my life and not be experiencing the struggles that I'm experiencing? And there's some really interesting. The research around it is actually quite compelling. Around, you know, I was just looking up a, a book I read a while ago by Marilyn Bowman, and it's called "Individual Differences in Post Traumatic Response." And uh, the subheading is problems with the adversity distress connection. So she's a research psychologist, and she said she got she was getting increasingly frustrated that people would say, "Well, these circumstances cause these problems," like there was a direct relationship. And she thought, from her own experience, she thought that's not true. But she thought, "I need to do the." I need to gather all the research and then publish it to show that. And that's what she did in that book. She had loads of different studies showing that, yeah, do certain experiences increase your risk of certain things? Yeah, absolutely. But is there this direct relationship between if you experience this circumstances, are you going to have this reaction? And um, found that, no, that's not that's not true that there's a lot of times when people have quite significant trauma and difficulties that um, that doesn't lead to, lead to prolonged problems with their, their mental health. So she, you know, she was interested, well, what's that showing us? What is it those people are doing that's perhaps helping them through that in a more positive way? And that, I think, is, that, again, is really hopeful when people can see that there doesn't have to be that. It doesn't mean that when there's when you're struggling, there's something wrong with you, but it's, well, what can you do to then understand what might be causing that to then help you through this difficult period? Yes. And 
we have referenced on a fairly regular basis the three principles and some of the uh, people that have uh, spoken or written at, at depth about the three principles, be it George Bransky or clearly Sidney Banks, the, you, who I guess you'd call the originator, um, Michael Neal, Terry Rubenstein. We, we've talked about those people in a range of uh, a number of occasions. Um, the three principles being mind, consciousness and and thought and and we've we've kept coming back to that notion of thought today steve and equally you referenced there talking to hundreds of people about in being inside out which is a, i guess a description of of the three principles understanding can you perhaps just give us a bit of an either an overview or an introduction to thought um and and, and, and maybe some examples of you know similar to what we've already talked about about how that plays out particularly within a mental health perspective yeah i mean sydney banks talked about thought as the missing link so in a way he was saying those three principles are um are what we all use they're universal in the fact that we use those three principles to have an experience in a sense so you know our our mind is um is the the place that we are actually having an experience so as i'm talking to you and you, you know you're where you are and i can see you through my screen well the reality is i'm experiencing you in my in my mind um so mind is the 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 um the way that we actually have an experience and of course the currency of the mind is thought so them, our, our mind is using thinking to make sense of the world and then our consciousness is what sort of brings that to life so in a way it's like the like a projector that our consciousness is what projects what's going on in our mind and our thinking and creates an experience and then our senses respond to that consciousness and he called thought I think the missing link in the sense that <clears throat> that mind and consciousness can be a bit difficult to get hold of, really. I mean, even in science, you know, they call consciousness the hard problem of science because they don't know they don't know what it is. And they also don't know what the mind is. You know, and there's all sorts of things about people often think, well, it's the brain. And it's like, well, yeah, but then when people have near-death experiences where the brain is not functioning, has got no blood flow to it, people are still having experiences. So that would suggest that is the mind in the brain? Well, how does that, how is that happening? So I think consciousness and mind can be quite difficult to sort of pin down as to exactly what they are. And like I said, science doesn't even know. So I think he felt that thought was the missing link because it's the, it's, the energy of thought, it crosses over then into the world of form. So in a sense, thought is an energy that flows through us. So, um, you know, if you think of it, thought happens through us. We don't control all the thinking we have because thought, thought is constantly flowing through us. As Byron Katie called it, it's a cosmic event. You know, thoughts happen and they flow through us and we often don't know where did that where did that thought come from. I haven't thought about that for you know memory from the past that comes into our mind. You think, well, where where did that come from? So thought is constantly sort of flowing through us. <clears throat> but I think the reason he paid attention to it was because we can't control what we think in the sense of what thoughts come into the mind, but we can control what thoughts we hook onto, what thoughts we actually pay attention to. And of course, as we pay, start to pay attention to a thought or we go with a thought, as we start to engage in that thought, well, then what the mind does is it brings more thinking related to that thought. So in a sense, the mind starts to power what we think about and it will do that for good or bad. So I think he was saying it's really useful to pay attention to the thought because as you start to use your thinking, that's what takes you into the world of form. That's what actually creates your experience of life. Because as you engage in a thought and your consciousness starts to bring that to life, 
and then your senses create a physical experience of it, that literally becomes the reality of your life. And so that's why you can see that the same circumstance, same physical circumstances can be experienced very differently from one person to the next, because depending on the thinking that the individual is engaging with in a very real way, changes the way that we're experiencing those external circumstances. And of course, we can't experience those external circumstances other than through thought. <laughs> so everything we experience is a manifestation of our thinking in, in some shape or, you know, some shape or form. And then, of course, when we're, when we're really just at our best, like I was working with someone yesterday and we were talking through certain situations where um, this person felt really confident with, with certain individuals. And then other times where she uh, was feeling less confident with certain individuals and would really find it hard to even communicate and articulate her words. And so we're really just exploring what are you what's what's happening in your thinking in those two different scenarios doing like a compare and contrast and what was really interesting is when we talked about when she's really at her best and at ease and just naturally communicating and knowing what to say and how to say it and so on when i was trying to when i was asking her what what was going on in you know what were you paying attention to where was your interest where was your focus she couldn't answer it's like I said, well, go back and see if you can. She's going, I'm really struggling. She said, I'm really struggling to know what I was thinking. I said, well, okay, how about when you're really struggling? And then it was like, oh yeah, I'm thinking about it. And then it was all coming up. And you could really hear that all of that thinking was all about the past and the future. So it was all about, oh, this person's found me quite difficult in the past and not I haven't been clear with them and they give me that not being clear in my communication and blah 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 and then oh so what do I need to do to communicate more effectively I need to rehearse it in my mind before I speak to them and make sure it's really clear and of course all of that thinking meant that she was like paralyzing herself actually yeah and just like freezing, like so self-conscious that just almost, you know, some situations literally couldn't function. And of course, the reason when she was just at her best was like, well, what's she thinking? It's like, well, yeah, but, but all of her attention and interest was on the other person. And so her thinking was just flowing very naturally terms of the words that she said and how she communicated and how she responded and so on so you could really feel she was just in the flow she was just in the flow of that not feeling anxious not feeling stressed whereas in the other situation feeling very anxious very stressed very overwhelmed very lacking confidence so it was a really it was a really interesting exercise to just really illustrate how an innocent misuse of thinking was really creating creating that anxiety by the the attention being in the past and the future, and then the the in a way the overthinking that then sort of came as a result of it. Yeah, and you could really, you know, as we were talking it through, okay, what do I need to do? And so it was really interesting because we then went further with, well, it's really interesting because when you're just at your best, how much are you focusing on what you're doing? Well, not really. I'm just just doing yeah. things. <laughs> when you're really struggling and feeling really anxious and lacking confidence, um, how much focus have you got on the doing? Oh my God, all on the doing, you know, all on rehearsing it and preparing and da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's, so what, in a way, what we're proving in a way is you, it's an undoing. It's actually, if you yeah. can stop doing that, you know, within you, 
you know that that mental health that uh, not having anxiety is within you because you've got a you've got a real experience you've got examples of it and that's what i mean about it being really hopeful actually because i think yeah and that's been to be honest Gareth, that's always been my experience even with people that have been really in the depths of of despair with their mental health that once you know you you build that connection and you help them see that their mental health is where they are not who they are everyone will have an experience of that even if it's just momentary where they're not depressed or they're not anxious or they're not subject to their addiction they would just have a little moments everyone does because as we've talked about before no one stays in the same state of mind the whole time and if you do a little bit of work to help uh, uncover that that often then opens a door into a different way of of thinking about this and this this article you know that I, I mentioned they were they at the beginning of it they had a little sort of box and it said remembering our past as we envis envision our future and it was from a study in 1910 study of association and insanity and it was the quote was no sharp distinction can be drawn between mental health and mental disease. A large collection of material shows a gradual and not an abrupt transition from normal state to pathological states. And I think they were pointing to the truth of that, you know, was a hundred over a hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe we need to we need to explore a little bit more of that and I guess what we've talked about in everyday being is once we understand that our state of mind is always in flux then that would would point to that quote that your mental health exists on a spectrum and is more accurate to say that it's at any moment in time our mental health is where we are at a moment in time not who we are and yeah. um, I think that's a really important, you know, it's really, really powerful when someone starts to see that in their in their own experience and so not just as a theory, but you start to, to point it out in terms of their own experience. It really offers a way forward and an opportunity to to move, move in the direction of health. Yeah. Thank him. One of the things that came to my, to mind as you're talking then was that we will have lots and lots of thoughts day in day out that go th through our mind, our you know in our in our thinking, and as you, as you rightly said, we don't know where they come from, don't know what's created from, why why did, why did I think about that? Where where on earth did that that come from? And it's. And we can't control them, as we talked about in the past. Um, but what we will consciously or not do is put attachment or put effort or put energy into those thoughts. And then when we do, that's when they become real for us. Um, and and that's what then actually just creates for good or for bad. And it clearly, what well, we're talking about, you know, poor, you know we'll well mental health they import mental health sometimes actually that just does mean that we're putting energy into something that unfortunately is having the negative impact which you know as you've already brilliantly said actually what we're talking about here is it's a reductive thing we're talking about is that no no don't don't put the energy into it see the thinking but it is fleeting it only stays around when we give that the energy when we give mm. it the, the form and i was thinking a little bit about sort of I don't know, being offended or being slighted. And I was thinking just, I don't know, simple things like people jumping in front of you in a queue. This is a very clearly a very perhaps a very British British thing that there is an innate thing that where there is a queue formed, you stand in that queue and you're very polite in that queue. And there's rules about who stands where in a queue and heaven, you know, dare forbid 
anyone breaks the rules of the queue that nobody's ever set out and the yeah. absolute offense that comes when somebody's like, Oh, yeah. I'm going to, where, where are they coming from? They're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're cutting in. And yeah. yeah, hopefully there are things that you, we can all relate to, be it from ourselves or for perhaps people we've seen, be it those that we know or, or those that we don't, where people get unbelievably hit up and angry and frustrated and offended because somebody's broken the rules of the queue and they they are pushing in and <clears throat> you know what 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 is what is fact versus what is then the judgment and what is the energy that we're putting into that well look the fact is is that there are a bunch of people waiting for something and they are standing orderly logically in a set of lines based on you know when anyone turned up and you've got to t- you know take take your turn and then there is another fact that that somebody or some people have turned up and they are not following the rules or they are not following that process of uh, that you stand in your place based on the time that you you turned up and they have jumped they have jumped forward a set number of places now we don't know why it doesn't particularly matter but th- th- those things i set i suspect are are the facts and then anything else above that is our our judgment and our thinking about that and maybe our book of law a little bit around well that shouldn't happen there are a set of rules that i expect and then everything you know my, my relationship with what happened then is just my thinking of uh i am i am offended by that or that is rude or they can't do that or actually now i'm going to be later because they, they they've taken their turn and now that means i'm going to be back back here and actually all the things that spiral from there are just layering thought upon thought upon thought and maybe that thing can ru- ruin a day or ruin a holiday or that's the thing i remember about we got so angry can you believe it um yeah and that that for me is just a, a lovely, simple, everyday example. That is no that that's thought, that's thinking, that that is how that affected your mood that day. That yes, that you know, that happened, and yes, there is a set of expectations that there is within culture, and they have not been followed by that individual. But everything else upon that is is you and your thinking and whether that person is right or whether they're wrong, the impact that it's had on you and the external impact that's had on you, unfortunately, that is being created by thought. And the offer that we're giving up or the solution that we're offering is that actually by understanding the nature of thought and understanding the energy and the effort that I'm putting into it is therefore creating my experience and creating my reality. Well, the power of the understanding comes from, I have this choice and it's, I'm not saying it's easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I do have that, this choice of to go, okay, well, maybe I don't have to do that. Maybe I can just see that for what it is and let it go and return to that natural innate health, that innate happiness that is there. And look, I know it's a small everyday example, and I know to some extent I'm making it sound a lot simpler than it actually is, but it is that simple. Yeah, yeah. And I think, <clears throat> you know, I did a an episode a little while ago about thought drops you. Because I think that's the bit that we often don't see. Because people will often say, "Oh, yeah, but how do I how do I get rid of thought?" And actually, it, it's sort of the wrong question because it's not that you have to drop the thought. It's that the problem becomes if you hook onto a thought and then the mind brings more thinking related to it. That's what we we don't recognize is that's why we've got all this thinking about something because we've hooked onto it and then we've engaged the mind in it but if we don't engage the mind in it then the thought drops you because the thought the nature of thought is that it flows so what you see like with that example of that person you start to then see oh i'm having to put effort into that anxiety I didn't realize that because I was trying to get rid of it or I was trying to think my way out of the situation, not realizing that 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 energy, that engagement with the thought was the actually what was creating the anxiety. 
and you have to put effort into it, which I think is why people say, why didn't you sleep on it? It's because in the morning, you're not thinking about it like you were the day before. And therefore, yeah. that's why your mind is in a different place. And I think what it shows, the two things, I think, what from what you're saying, that I just jotted down as you were saying it, I thought, well, one is what you're, you're really pointing, this is quite hard, but it's really true, is that no thought is real. Because a thought is just a moment in time and a representation of something. And it it's not real in the sense that you know, the way we think about something today, we know just from experience is quite different to maybe how we thought about it in the past and the way that we'll think about it in the future. So in a way, the thought is always just related to our level of understanding or our level of consciousness. You know, when we thought the world was flat, then our thinking reflected that understanding in terms of the way that we thought about travel before we understood germs, that understanding, that level of consciousness created certain thoughts about where infections came from. So as our consciousness shifts, as our consciousness develops, then the way that thought shows up shifts, actually. But it will shift and it will continue to shift because there's no end to that level of understanding. So I think that's really helpful that you then treat your thinking slightly um, less, less rigidly. And I think the other thing that it really reflects, and I think sometimes we can miss this because we can get caught up in the, in the you know, what it can do destructively when we're depressed or we're anxious or whatever. But you, but like, the person I was talking to yesterday was saying, you know, when you step back from it, I said, what an incredible power. You think about the power of your thinking to create this experience and make it very vivid, very real, very visceral in the sense of the anxiety that your body can sort of feel and how much it can trap you, you know, in the past and projecting you unhelpfully into the future now at one level you could say well wow that's quite a dis that's quite destructive for the individual which it which it can be but then you can also say but wow what a power i mean geez that's that's power that it can do that and it can do it so quickly so of course when you start to realize oh right okay that power is also available to me to use in a in a in a more positive way, in a better way, then suddenly you think, ah, oh, right, okay. So like any any tool, I can start to if I understand its nature and understand the way it works, then I can start to see when I'm misusing it. I can start to see when I'm misusing those three principles of mind, consciousness, and thought, and um, you know, I can navigate myself through that. And sometimes that might take a little bit of time to just realize I'm getting caught up in things and maybe thinking about things in an unhelpful way. But that I know that that power will be the very thing that creates that health for me in the future as well and, and will enable me to live my life in a way that I want to, to live it. It will enable me to create who I want to be in the world as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Can, you know, so it's really easy to see it as as the problem to be sorted as opposed to a, a power, an intelligence, an energy to be understood and to be, you know, to be uh, nurtured and cultivated and, and respected in a, in a sense, actually, as being this huge um, opportunity that we have to create our life in the way that we want to create it. Yeah. So, may, may, maybe we should look to wrap it up there, 
Steve. Um, so um, context we started with is it's World Mental Health Day uh, this this week. It's been um, we've we've thought about it in a couple of ways. Um, um, if there was if there was I don't know one takeout from today that you would encourage us to think about in the context of our own mental health uh what would it what would it be and if you want a bit more time to think because i've just thrown that on yeah <laughs> feel, free, right. feel free to say like, well bloody hell you can go first evans goodness <laughs> sake well if you've got something you go i'm just working out which might be the most helpful to be honest um yeah, well, let let me let me have a go. I am I am thinking and speaking at the same time. The thing I um would encourage you to think about is how uh, what what are the thinking patterns? What are the things that you put energy and judgment into that maybe with just a bit more lightness maybe with a little bit more energy you could increase your happiness even if it's just in one little moment even if it's just by one little percentage of of happiness could that have an impact so what what are what is the things that you regularly what are is you know what is and what are the things that you regularly frustrate you anger you think come back to that queuing thing what is it that's something that actually just irritates you or has an emotional impact that can be really really quite small that in the grand scheme of things you go oh, you know what? I'm not sure that really that really matters if I think about what what we've talked about today actually i have got a choice about the effort and the energy i put into that and you know i'm 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 gonna have a go at making a slightly different choice in in that in that i'm gonna see that i put effort and energy and judgment into something that it just i don't i don't need to nor want to and actually, I'm just gonna just gonna let it go and and let that thinking drop me. So I don't know what that looks like. That will look different to e- each of us. Uh, if you're something that you notice on the back of that encouragement, as ever, please do get, do get in touch because we would love to hear what those those things are. But just just notice and just be a bit lighter, be a bit kinder, and and let's see what what impact that could have. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, it's interesting as you said that. I thought I'd really echo that. I think what came to mind as you were saying it was what's wrong with right now if you don't think about it, which is a, a quote by um someone called Sailor Bob Adamson. It's there's a really good, it's a really good quote, actually. It's a, there's a real truth, a real truth to it. Can you say that again, just just in case we... Yeah, so it was that what's wrong with right now if you don't think about it? And I think uh, I'd echo your point, actually, which is where I was sort of getting to, that I was just... What was going through my mind is when I'm working with people, what's often the first step as you start to explore this and, um, you know, go a little bit deeper... I was just thinking, what's the first step often? I think the first step is what you're you're talking to, really, which is that as someone starts to become more mindful of the way that they're using their thinking and just start to notice those times when they're innocently misusing it. So they're thinking about something that actually makes no difference at all. So it might be to do with uh, something that's happening later. It might be to do with, oh, I wonder if this person's going to like what I say. There's there's lots of times where we just innocently get caught up in thinking about something that you just don't know. You know, something that's happened in the past, you can't go back and change. 
and something that might or might not happen in the future is 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 sort of unknowable mm. so i think as people start to become more aware of that they start to notice oh my crikey i spend a lot of time going back over things or thinking about what ifs and as they start just to catch that and um and notice that and bring their thinking more and more back to the here and now they often notice wow what a profound difference that makes because of course if you're doing that on a regular basis on all sorts of aspects of your life you can see wow that's it that's exhausting that's a lot of energy and a lot of emotional energy that's sort of going into that so i think often when people come back to me they'll say yeah i've been, God, I've been much more aware of that much more mindful of that and that's enabled them to be more present and so they notice then their experience starts to change they sort of start to notice yeah i'm not not quite getting as caught up in things and I'm able to engage more effectively and they'll still have things that throw them off you know there'll still be things that things they find difficult but just the fact that they've started to notice a different experience then the door is fully open then and then it's like right let's go further into that and let's explore some of these other areas where perhaps you're still getting a bit stuck like we all do yeah let's, let's look at those so yeah that would be yeah that would be my Good. advice lovely well look i hope you found that interesting i hope somewhere along the line you found that uh useful uh maybe in isolation uh, or maybe it's continue to embed your understanding of uh, everyday being. So thank you for your time as ever. Uh, we will see you and speak to you on our next episode. Take between now and then take care, be kind to yourself and send you the biggest of biggest love. Take care. Thanks everyone.